Welcome to Love Lift Life podcast. I'm your host, Yuko Kudo, an artist and storyteller. Here on this podcast, you can connect with the like-hearted people one story at a time. The conversations focused on art, people, and social good. Special thanks to Prime Produce Apprentice Cooperative, Guild for Good, here in the heart of New York City. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Because we need each other more than ever, and we don't have to do it alone. So now, let's connect. In this episode, I had a conversation with an artist, Dotun Abesimbioke. We talked about being a 360 creative, from freelancer to building team and working with a big name clients, branding and communication design. Here's Dotun. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining this episode. I had Datun Absimbioke, and she is a founder of Abike Studio. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for being here, Datun. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well today. I'm a little tired, but making it through. Making it through. Any plan for self-care later? Um, well, I'd say I did self-care before I went to the gym. So yeah, I'll say self. And maybe later I might treat myself to that. I love that. Just curious, what is your, some of your favorite way to treat yourself? Um, I think shopping is my number one. So yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Shopping is my number one. Um, I would say the gym now. Yeah, shopping the gym. I'm trying to get into like going to the spa and trying new things. And food as well. Ooh. So shopping, food, and the gym. Mind, soul, and body indeed. <laughs> Amazing. So let's start. Let's start with something fun. And what is a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Ooh, um, I guess I feel like more people are starting to know this. Um, but I, my fun fact is that I was born in New York, even though um, I grew up in London. So most people assume I was born there, but I was actually born in New York. And you're currently in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So like you're... it's a full circle moment ever since I moved here um, like five years ago. Welcome back home, indeed. <laughs> all right. So I'm so excited to ask you all these questions about you being creative all around and whatnot. So can you quickly introduce yourself and they could tell us who you are and a little bit about your Abike studio and your mission? So my name is Dr. Abeshin okay. I like to call myself a 360 creative first. So by that, I just mean like all around creative. I'm into everything from graphic design to photography, web design, and also set design, um, as well as like creative direction. So anything creative, I like to dabble in. And since moving to New York and um, attending Parsons, so I graduated from Parsons this year, actually. Um, and I studied communication design there. So kind of during my course, I was able to explore all these different things, including photography, set design. And now that like I'm done with school, those are things that I continue to do. Um, and I like to just sum it up by calling myself a 360 creative, basically. And the purpose and mission of Abike Studio is not only providing those services, but we really focus on um, servicing Black, Brown, and POC businesses and founders. And um, so that is our focus, working with people who look like us to really elevate their branding or create branding from them from scratch. And that can look like 
um, creating a branding suite, a website, maybe doing some creative direction, some photography. So just anything to help already established or just starting brands. Um, that's like our mission. And we like to say that we like to push the boundaries of our imagination every time we design. And if you look at um, my work and the work we create at the studio, it's very bright, bold and colorful. So I would say we work with people who are very daring and like not afraid to, you know, step their branding and their visual presence outside of like, you know, the corporate status quo kind of look. I love that. Breaking boundaries and daring yourself and daring the industry. I've never actually heard communication design. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so communication design is basically just graphic design. But um, we did cover a bunch of stuff in communication design from like designing apps to coding to graphic design as well. So communication design is pretty much just any way to communicate through design so Mm. that's how I like to think about it but yeah that is kind of so you right because you're a 360 and your antennas all over the creativity and now the communication is all your antenna like it's almost like you're the center of hub and the communication is the signal that you're putting out as a 360 that's how I Mm -hmm. see it exactly yeah so it's like Working with founders and brands, it's like, how do we communicate through whatever we're creating for them? So yeah, definitely links back to my degree. And so tell me, you are before you're starting going into more consulting and really helping out other founders at POC, you're an artist first. Do you remember one of the first thing you created as a child? Damn, as a child, I only remember as far, maybe as a child, maybe like, making clothes for my Barbie doll. At that point, I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. So I was very into that. But I think as I got, as I started in school, I was definitely more into graphic design. So I would like redesign covers of like my favorite songs at the time. Yeah, I was always like, when I was younger, it was always a mix between fashion and graphic design. Um, I wasn't very good, but still... (laughs) Those are the things I like to create. So like album covers, posters, and growing up in London, um, we had our sixth form, which is kind of like the last two years of high school is like a separate school for us. And in those two years, you choose three to three courses to kind of continue on. And it's kind of to get you ready for college and choosing what courses you'd want to take. So during that time, I did English politics and graphic design. So that was really when I, you know, grew into loving graphic design and like actually improved on my skills. And then I was doing photography as a hobby as well. But um, studying graphic design in school definitely leveled up my skills before going to Parsons. And now you have some big clients that you're working with you. So how is it like for you to be transitioning from like the freelancer or independent artist to business owner and startup and now working with a team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like it's a whole different world. And it's like I still dabble in and out of like being a freelancer and, you know, doing stuff through the studio and working and like we're so blessed to have been able to work with big clients and still be a small studio um 
So like one of the projects recently was Sony Music Australia um, designing for their internal team called Hue. So that was like a big project that we took on. And I was actually doing that project the same time that my thesis was due for Parsons. So I was like doing my thesis, which is like a combination of like a year's work. And at the same time, you know, working with Sony to get this branding done. And we also work with contractors. So that the team is made up of contractors. So working on that Sony project, um, it was fun to work like with a team and not just by myself from start to finish. So having me work on branding, someone else that we contracted, working on the pitch deck and someone else on the video. And it's definitely taught me like the power of like collaboration and teamwork and how like design is just better when it's like more than one person or multiple people. Yeah, that's so wild that you're working on that project while you're working on your thesis. Yeah, and it's like, I got like the only person, people I can speak to is people on the team. And it's just like their time, the timeline was like two weeks. And then the same exact day was the same day that thesis was due. So it's just like, I couldn't even process, like at the moment I was just like, I just have to get this done and then I can process it later. Which is why it took like, after the branding was done at that time, we didn't post it. I didn't post it on socials till like as recently as a month ago. So, you know, months passed and I was like, okay, we're ready to share. Wow. Well, congratulations of both your thesis and also working on this amazing project with Sony Australia. And, but I'm curious for some of the folks who are starting out, like you're reaching out to those big clients or getting those big clients might be intimidating, right? And it's a big hurdle for people, especially on a woman of color. I think that's a big hurdle and being able to get to that point and work with the big name clients. What was your process like? Mm -hmm. So usually with bigger clients, timelines are usually much shorter. So there's almost no time for like self-doubt. You have to say yes or no to the project. Um, with this, it was something that they reached out to us about. And it's actually funny because they reached out in 20, like the year before. So they reached out in 2020 at the end of the year. And they, that was like a much smaller project just to do a video. And then they reached out again for like the whole branding project. So the first one ended up falling through because um, they weren't doing that anymore. So it was like... It was like, you know, and I'm sure this happens to a lot of people where, and it's happened to me a lot too, where like I get a really big opportunity and then it ends up falling through or, you know, the project gets given to someone else. So I would always say like, don't feel discouraged at that point as well, because you're always like, whenever your opportunity comes, you just have to be ready. So I kind of try and stay in the mindset of being ready for when, those big clients come because they will come and at the same time you should be reaching out too if you feel like you're ready or if you feel like there's something you want to work on for a big company or you just want to introduce yourself to someone who works within that company um in this case they reached out so in this case it was more so like you know a random day of the week and you're getting this email to work on this huge project and more than likely that's how it usually happens and like I said I just try and stay in the mindset of like, I have to be ready. So when the big opportunity comes, I'm ready to just go and say yes, which is 
similar to this after having that initial call, just being like, okay, I can't do everything. Who do I have that can do this? How am I going to manage the timeline? This is the deadline. I know I'm also working on my thesis. How am I going to do this? And just trying to plan and also having confidence in yourself. Like I had confidence that I knew what I want, I knew what they wanted and I knew that they were coming to me for my style. So it was just a matter of like just doing what I usually do, but now it's for a bigger name. That's all it is. So yeah, that's my advice. Thank you for sharing that. I said, there's no time to doubt yourself. So you're just going to keep going. And I think that it's so real. And also you touched upon understanding who can I rely on and what are the resources and how can I prepare myself I think that's a really important part and you mentioned in our previous call that you said the delegating jobs and assigning like so and so to your teammates and finding that has been a really good learning curve for you can you tell me a little bit about like a delegating and working with a team if you can elaborate a little bit on that Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at that time and still now, like I'm the only, you know, full time person. So I have to understand what is within my capacity and what um, what I can and can't do, at least to the best of my ability. So right now we also have a project manager that we work with and we've been working with for a while, um, who is Jade of Brown Door Company. And she's just great at you know, being the overall kind of project manager, having someone to hold me accountable and just, you know, be handle, have a handle on all projects. So that's something I delegated like project management. So I'm not always following up with every single client and then with the designer or with myself to get stuff to meet the deadline. That's something I delegated. So um, I once heard like this thing I tried was, writing down everything you have to do in your business this applies to like service product-based business whatever it is even if it's to your own life your influencer or just to your own life writing down everything it is you have to do to make your business grow and make it keep running and then decide what needs to be delegated so that's what I did I wrote everything down and looked at what needs to be delegated and of course running a business is not cheap or easy so Definitely having a project manager is an investment and it's an investment because with contractors, you pay contractors kind of out of the budget of the project. Whereas with a project manager, you can do the same. But again, um, you have to be smart about like knowing how much projects are coming in to be able to pay this person. So um, definitely deciding what's priority, deciding what needs to be delegated and making sure that what you're delegating is working for you by giving you more time and then obviously increasing your business so that you're increasing your income as well. Hmm. And I bet that continue to evolve as you grow and as your company grow, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm learning, like, I'm still learning as I go, like not every month and not, you know, just because you delegate doesn't mean you're instantly going to start making way more money but it's just something to definitely keep an eye on make sure it's working for you rather than against you which is something I'm learning as well yeah totally oh so much learning it's never ending <laughs> and I'm curious because you mentioned you're born in New York but you actually grew up in London and as an artist living in the multicultural like uh, environment like do you see yourself 
seeing the world in a different way now that you're in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because I'm also my background is Nigerian, so I'm Nigerian. Both of my parents are Nigerian, and um, I lived there for a little bit during my childhood. So kind of all both of those places informed, you know, how I lived coming to New York, and even now, now New York is a part of my story. So New York, Nigeria, and um, London are all parts of kind of my story and I guess they manifest in different ways ways that may not be obvious to me but it had it definitely did affect me coming to New York I think coming to New York brought out more of my artistic side um, also because I went to art school so it's like all my assignments are like you know based on that and especially when it comes to telling my story like being Nigerian is definitely a big part of my story, my work, and a lot of my personal work, um, as you'll see on my personal website, and like a lot of my early work is informed by that. And just my love for like boldness, color, and my style is informed in different ways by that as well. Mm. How old were you when you were in Nigeria? Um, I want to say between like from six to maybe eight years old around that. So like I wasn't there for very long, but I did go to school there and everything and have memories. And I um, go back every year. So like for December, like for a holiday to see my family and all of that. So I definitely have a strong connection and get to reconnect and relax every time I go back as well. (laughs) I love that. And you said, and the boldness and vibrancy comes from that culture, right? Where else do you see yourself being rooted in, like, whether that is Nigeria or London? Like, how do you see that bleeding into your life as an artist right now? Um, I would say people. I would say it's a lot to do with, like, you know, the types of people you meet in each place that also inform and inspire and just, like, I like to look at design in different places as well. Like the way things are designed in America is different to the way things are designed in the UK and the way things are designed in Nigeria, which has an Africa, which has a very distinctive design style. So I would say it sometimes is not always obvious to me, but definitely I do pay attention to those kinds of things. And I like to look at design in all places yeah I think there's it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain how it informs the work because I think it's more of a subconscious thing if Mm. you live in different places subconsciously you're attracted to different things so yeah I think it's definitely more like conscious thing yeah I totally agree I grew up in Japan and I I I think a lot of things that I feel is also subconscious right because when you have that roots in you and it's more genetic and it's more intuitive in something that you do instinctively so I can definitely relate to that and uh, let's keep talking about uh, your work and like branding and whatnot so you had a workshop during the summer for the women of color founders black and african-american founders and really teaching folks about the branding and messaging the again communication design right so um why branding what draws you to that direction yeah I think I'm drawn to different things just like in different seasons kind of thing like you know I had my time where I was very drawn to photography and was shooting all the time which I still do um and I think branding was just kind of that like inevitable like 
not end, but definitely inevitable. And like, I was going to come to that. Like, I love branding. I love like packaging. Um, and like you mentioned, living in different places, like I think like packaging and design always brings a sense of nostalgia. Like if you look at something, for example, that is like even the same brand is designed completely different in Nigeria as it may be designed in Japan, for example. And like that kind of thing is what I love and just like how you can communicate through to people with design. So I think that kind of thing drew me to branding because it was like, oh, I can do this for other brands that I think is cool, like other brands that I think are cool, other founders that are like creating amazing stuff. A lot of the people we've like spoken to and like had the opportunity to work with, they like their missions are really like empowering and powerful. So it's just so inspiring. And I love being able to work with people like that. And I think it's just a nice way to kind of have an impact and like show support for someone who's working on something like amazing like you know people come to me all the time with like amazing ideas and I'm like oh my god I'm so excited to brand this so like as I continue to grow the studio and do more work that's what I think that's definitely like the driving force um for the future when it comes to deciding what projects I want to work on it's definitely like oh my gosh like I love this and I want to work on this and like I get to communicate your mission statement for you I think that's definitely a powerful job so yeah yeah I totally agree and what are the some of the things that the people tend to struggle with because I I think in my opinion like people have a very specific on ideas and hope and desire so you can see um it gets tunnel vision almost yeah I think exactly I think I know what you, you mean and I think people struggle with and me too kind of making putting their stake in the ground and being like you know this is my industry this is my niche as some may say and and I know people are like some like some people are for having a niche some people are against it but I think just finding your why and I know it's like something that's said and like it's you know very one-on-one of business what's your why but it's so important to like have your why beyond like surface level because that's what's going to keep you going in your business and like keep the passion for your business because you have to be passionate to do well so it's like what is your why and how do you communicate your why every single time to the client and all of those things work together with branding and you don't just come and do branding and then like okay you have a logo you're ready to go now and it doesn't really work like that you have to you know your branding is more than just your logo it's your color palette your type which is all things we do as well as that it's your copy like how do you speak to the client how do you write your captions for instagram um how do you show up through photography how do you show up through video like all those things um are important so i think sometimes one thing that I would say clients and like people in general that struggle within business is like honing in on all those things and kind of using their mission and using that to drive like really showing what their mission is through their branding their visual presence their copywriting um even their marketing so I think sometimes it can get very you know overwhelming 
but they are very necessary things because if you look at your favorite brands you you know they speak to you with intention so it's like how are you as a founder and a business owner and your brand going to show up you know to speak to your audience yeah i agree what are some of the brands that you you get inspired from I would say brands that I just like in general, like I like their branding and their marketing. Um, I like Billy. It's a razor company. Um, I think their imagery is really great. Their branding and like, um, it's a subscription service. So even when I was receiving the razors, like they send you razors like monthly, like receiving them, it's always a different type of packaging. So it's always an exciting unboxing experience. Um, and then just like the copy and the illustrations, like it's something that you want to post and you want to share with people. Um, I think I just love brands that just create a world. Um, Glossier is really good at doing that as well, like creating a world, like even Glossier employees, that's like a whole brand on its own. And there's even an Instagram called like Glossier um, boyfriends, which is like people taking pictures of their boyfriends in that in Glossier, which like the idea of like creating a brand and then having the customer, the consumer create sub brands from that. I think that's when, you know, you have something really powerful for sure. Mm, I like that. Can you explain a little bit more about the Glossier uh, employees or brand on its own? Mm -hmm. Like I've just seen like people who work there. Like if I have seen someone who works there, I know they have like the pink jumpsuit uniform and just like from, um, maybe posting a picture of them on their break with their uniform and just things like that just makes it seem like a community. Um, I've never worked there, so I'm not sure. But outward facing, it looks like a fun environment. And because the store design and things like that are very intentional and specific, it kind of creates an experience of like, oh, um, you know, cool people work here. And it's actually the same for Kith. Um, I saw a TikTok there's a girl on TikTok who does like Kith employs like their outfits of the day. And it, I was just watching it and I was like, oh my God, everyone who works at Kith is so stylish. So it's like the fact that their employees as well are, you know, stylish people you trust to go there to buy clothes because you want to be as stylish as the people who work there, or maybe you even aspire to work there. So like, I think definitely creating those types of experiences and like sub brands are like really important so what i'm hearing is the branding is a communication and a communication that leads to an experience of whether that is an employee or a customer and that leads to the culture and hence it keeps growing that's what i'm hearing mm -hmm. and like all these things take time and it's just very much it starts at the core of knowing who your audience is and knowing you know, what do they look like? And what does your, like, if you have a physical space, what does your store look like? And a bunch of people who are starting out, you're not gonna have a physical space, which is why I always say your website is your space. So like, how does your website look and how can it, like that's the most real estate you get to really show off your brand. Because on Instagram, there's only so much you can do because everything is a uniform grid. Everyone's grid is the same format. And, you know, you can post cool graphics all the time. But now that someone is clicking on your website, how do you take them to a different world and really show them like, welcome to this like space? Like, how do you do that? So, yeah. 
Hmm. Welcome to the space. Welcome to the world. I love that. So now that you're growing, now that you're expanding, and what are some of the th challenges that you're facing right at this moment? Um, I would say learning to, for me, learning to say no to things that may not benefit the business in the long run. So like if the budget isn't right or maybe the client isn't right, and those things are completely okay because not everyone is for you and your business. So just learning to say no is a challenge. And then I think a challenge that kind of comes with learning to say no is just trying to, especially because this is all I do, like I'm full-time doing at the studio and freelancing. So especially when you freelance, you want to say yes to everything because you have bills to pay and you need <laughs> money. So with learning to say no comes that and learning just I have to learn a lot of back end and admin stuff and being a creative, you don't want to go into the back and see what's happening over there. You just want to design. So kind of balancing and learning that I have to know admin and I have to do that um, is definitely something. And like my project manager, Jade, once told me, she said, you have to learn to work on your business, not just in your business. So like not just, you know, being in and just, designing and slaving away at the computer all day but learning to work on my business is what grows it so working on my business looks like connecting with like-minded people connecting with people who may refer us to a job in the future or have a project for us to work on in the future um reaching out doing cold emails those kinds of things even doing this podcast and like talking about my business are all things that help me work on it and not just in it. I love that. And the second part to that is what are some of the things that that would really be helpful for your business right now? Um, I would say clients never hurt. You know, more and more clients never hurt. Um, and then one thing we're trying to do is create more experiences because we do have like as much um, potential clients that follow us we do also have like aspiring designers and people like that that follow us so just learning what kind of things people want to see um, especially on our socials we have a balance between showing our work and also teaching stuff so um, I think that's a very good balance and just trying to find more of what people need and how we can create value outside of being like oh look at this new shiny thing we designed um, But learning, definitely learning like what kind of value and what kind of resources like Black founders and Black designers and creatives need. I think that's what we need, yeah. Yeah, like a talking to people always teaches so much. And that's what you said, right? Like walking on your business as opposed to working in your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally get that. And yeah, that's also a learning curve, right? And like, especially when you're starting out, you won't even know the difference between working on versus working in your business. And those are the things that you continue to uncover as you develop yourself and your work. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, a big learning curve. And I was watching, as you can see, I've mentioned like TikTok twice now, but I was watching a TikTok video yesterday and she just mentioned kind of like, You're all actually no. I was watching Adobe Max. So Adobe Max is happening right now, which is like I think it's a three or four day um, creative conference by Adobe, and they're just 
have a bunch of workshops every day. So I was listening to one yesterday and the girl was speaking about like what we just spoke about, just kind of like having a balance and just, yeah, having like a work-life balance and that kind of thing. And my mind went blank, but (laughs) (laughs) but what we were speaking about is what she mentioned. And it's just like very important to continue to learn and listen to other people who are where you want to be or in the same place as you because those are the things that are going to help you grow. Surround yourself with the good people, surround yourself with the good food and good balance and always get inspired. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a constant learning curve. Like you're never going to be in business and know what you're doing 100% of the time. So just Mm-mm. just throw that idea out and then just do do the best you can. Yep, exactly. I always say to my creative collaborators, I just throw some spaghettis and see which one sticks to the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. So um, I do have one more question, but before we do that, can you share the audience how people can learn more about you and what you offer? Yes, yes. So you can follow me personally on at Dose of Dots, and that is on all platforms, Dose of Dots. And then my website, my personal website is doseofdots.co. So doseofdots.co. And um, Abikes Studio is A-B-I-K-E dot studio. That's the Instagram and the website. Um, and the services we provide and I provide are branding. So your full branding suite from like your logo, color type, strategy, that's what we do. We create websites. Um, we do creative direction. We work with people in music to like creative direct um, kind of artist photo shoots. We do photography, set design, all of that. So just just drop us a line um, and then we can see how we can create. Thank you very much. Again, listeners, if you are ready to go over the boundaries and break the ceiling, reach out to Dutton and the team. Okay, so the final question. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> awesome. What is a message or a call to action that you would like to share with the world right at this moment? Hmm. A message or a call to action? Wow. Um, I kind of think. I think I'm going to make my call to action remember to work on your business and not in your business. Yes, everyone work on your business, not only in your business, so that we can all keep connecting with each other, elevating each other, and break the boundaries. Yes. Oh, and remember to brag about yourself, because if you don't brag about yourself, who do you expect to? So, yeah. Mm, I love that. That is really powerful. (laughs) So, um, in spirit of that, can you brag yourself in a minute? I'll give you 60 seconds to brag about yourself. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm a 360 designer. I do everything from photography to set design and whatever my heart desires. I run a creative studio at BHS Studio. And we started in the midst of the pandemic and we've been doing well for a business that has only been up and running for about a year. Um, Yes, we're still learning. Yes, the team is literally only me and small and you know me and my designers but we have a strong network of passionate individuals whether they're contractors project managers and just yeah we're just fortunate to have a strong but small network 
of Black founders, Black creators, people of color who are just interested and love what we do. And yeah, we just love being able to hype everyone up in their business and teach everyone new skills and continue to create experiences like our brand camp, which will be coming back bigger and better. So yeah, we have a lot to work on, but we're doing good so far. We're doing great so far. Amazing. Well bragged, well bragged. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much, Dotton, for spending time and sharing about your vision and your creativity. And I so appreciate you. And keep me updated about the next brand camp. Of course, of course. We're working on it. So I will. All right. Thank you. Don't forget to check out Dotun's work via Instagram and follow the work of Abike Studio from the link in description. As Dotun said, brag about yourself. If you don't, who will? Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Love Live Life podcast. Don't forget to visit my website, yougoislovelivelife.com and I'd love to connect you there. You can sign up to my weekly newsletter or join my Patreon community and talk more about art, people, and social good. Till next story, let's stay connected.